You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about how to have the greatest employees on the planet. I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, John Hopper. Let me tell you all about him. He created the system, The Greatest on the Planet, which changes the dynamics between employees and their employers. The workbook and system gets the employees to focus on what really matters, and that makes it easy for the employer to see if the employee is doing exactly what really matters. The outcomes are simple. The employee needs help, the employee needs to be let go, or you have the greatest employee on the planet. We'll talk about how to keep that employee in this podcast, and through his work, John is also a highly sought-after speaker. Welcome, John. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else do you want to add to that introduction? First of all, thank you. I mean, you did an amazing job. That was, uh, that was outstanding. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. And uh, I, I'm really honored to be here today. It is, it is a huge event for me, and this is uh, a, a huge podcast without a doubt. We're super excited you can make today, so we're looking forward to all your great tips. To get everyone on the same page, and I know you use the words, what really matters quite a bit. How do we know what really matters to the employer when we're hiring people? Well, so, in, so I'll, I'll, I'll back up a little bit in, in, in my career. and. I did not go to college in any way at all to be a corporate culture guy, to be a human resources guy, to be a great employer for none of that. I ended up becoming a employer at a very young age because I was good at my trade. So because I was good at my trade, I said, I can go do this on my own. Now, I believe that that fits most business owners. Most business owners, very few business owners went to school for human resources. Very few business owners went to school for corporate culture. We went to school for whatever it might have been that we wanted to do, or maybe it was on-the-job training. We learned what we needed to learn, and then we went out and we said, we're going to start our own business, or we're going to buy a business, or we got you know catapulted into the leadership position of a business, but we don't really have any employee experience. The employees became a byproduct of us being busy at what we were doing. So now we need to bring employees on to help us. And over time, what ends up happening is the employees become the business. If they go away, there is no business. So I'll use the example of a restaurant. If somebody went out and they wanted to be an entrepreneur and own a restaurant, could they do that by themselves? Very unlikely. Very unlikely. Especially an incredibly successful business. How can you do all of the jobs at once? You're going to be the hostess. You're going to be the server. You're going to be the cook. You're going to be the bartender. 
you're going to be the cashier. There's no, you're the bus person. There's no way you're going to do all of that. So if the employees go away, at the end of the day, there's nothing left. Now, it took me 17 years to figure that out. And people will say, well, it's common sense. Well, it is not common sense. Because what I did for 17 years was the best that I knew how to do. I was doing all that I could do to try to, I mean, I guess you could use the word lead, which is not a word I like, but I'm trying to lead people. What I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to convince these people that this is the objective, this is what we need to get done, and this is what I need you to do to do it. And, and, and most corporations attempt to do that with a procedure manual. So they go out and they create a procedure manual and they write down literally everything they want the employee to do, step by step. Just follow these steps and they call it a job description, which I have like an inside joke. If they really truly followed the job description, the job description would be like the size of a truck if we want to consider what our employees really do. A procedure manual doesn't even come close or job description doesn't even come close to tapping in. So I did this wrong for 17 years and it was an epic failure, an epic failure. I burned through thousands of employees, thousands. So my trade was commercial construction. So it would work like this. We would get a job, multi-million dollar project, and I'll just use an, a, an example of carpentry. So on this job, we have to put in metal studs and drywall and acoustical ceiling tile and grid and doors and, you know, a lot of insulation, a lot of different things. So we may be looking at a line item package of $400,000, let's just say, for all of these things. So we internally, and I'm the owner, we internally say, okay, we can get it done for $300,000 if we go out and hire 30 people to do it. So now on this one particular job, I need to bring on 30 new people. I may have a job for them after this. I may not. They might have to be let go after this. I have no idea. But right now I need the people, so I'm going to go hire them. And at the time, what I would do, and it's like ridiculous, but you know, I would do what everybody else did. I would write a job description and I would say, this is what you need to know how to do in order to be able to work at this job. So you must have X number of years of experience and, you know, know how to do this and know how to do that, know how to do this. And I'd put a job description out, right? And then I would ultimately end up hire people to do that job. And you would think they hated me. Like they're taking a day off and we're on a timeline. This has to get done like next week. Why are we taking a day off? We can't be taking a day off. We have to get this done. And the truth of the matter is what was really happening was I was just standing there making a lot of noise because at the end of the day, what really, really mattered to me was not them taking a day off. The schedule, which I thought was important to me, didn't matter to me either. Really not much of what I was focused on really mattered to me, but what I was focused on was all I knew. I didn't know anything else. So I so thought- what, So what really did matter? Well, so, so it's, it's August of 2017. I'm sitting at home with my kids. It's a Sunday. And the thought crossed my mind that if I missed payroll on Friday, half of these people are going to quit. That's the relationship I have with them. And I had never had that thought before, and I've never missed payroll. But if I did, that's how weak this relationship is. They're going to quit. 
They're here literally for the money and nothing else. If it doesn't come on Friday, they're gone. They're not coming back on Monday. So I thought to myself, why is that? What, what, what's missing? And then I started thinking about all the people that came and went. And I started thinking to myself, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe that many people can't be wrong. Maybe I'm what's wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. So I sit down and I make a list of everything that truly matters to me. And you would think that list would be like, you know, hundreds of pages long. And it only had six things on it. There's only six things I truly care about as it relates to my employee. Because if my employee can bring this to me, they become unfireable. I cannot fire them. And employees who cannot be fired write their own ticket. Employees who cannot be fired, that's when you sit down with the employee and you say to the employee, what can I do to get you to stay here? And when you're sitting down as an employer, having a conversation with your employees about what can I do to get you to stay here, you're dealing with an employee that you would want to be every employee that works for you. And we can do that in six easy steps. There's only six things we need. And I contend that the dynamic between an employee and an employer has not changed since we stepped off the Mayflower. It has been the same for over 200 years. And it works like this. Come to work for me, do what I tell you to do, and I will give you money. And it is the same exact thing today that it was then. There is no difference. There have been some perks added. We'll give you health insurance. We'll give you a matching 401k potentially. We'll give you a personal time off. So there are things that have been added, but the essential breakdown is this. Do what I tell you to do, and I will give you money. And it has not changed in over 200 years. And it can change. And I'm going to change it. I have every intention of changing it. But we need to change what we're doing or it's not going to change. So I sat down and I said, the very first question was, what is the most important thing here? What is critical mass to this company? And I ask business owners this and they give me different answers. Some will say, well, it's the, uh, the, the revenue. You got to have you know, sales. If you don't have any revenue, you're, you're going out of business. And others will say, well, it's customer service. And others will say, well, it's the service itself. And others will say, well, it's the, the, the product or, you know, whatever it is, you know, your, your end producing. And so what do you think it is? I don't think, I, think I know, I know it's the people because without them, you have nothing. You have a piece of paper filed away at the state. Even if you're a solopreneur, you have no employees. You are the most important thing in your business. If you go away, it goes away. There's nothing left. The people are the most important thing. And here's where things get really ugly. In the most important thing in the business, the employee doesn't see themselves as the most important thing. And worse, the employer doesn't see them, see them as the most important thing. So in the most important thing in the company, there's a disconnect. They do not agree. Now, an employee who feels like they're the most important thing in the company performs better. An employer who puts their employees first gets more out of them. They're required to do less work. So, John, you have a lot of you have a lot of different 
guides, I'll call them, that you've written for different industries. I was looking at your website. There's dozens of them out there. How much of that material is the same and how much of that is different? Some of it is different. So, so so, So chapter one is identical and every single program is identical. Chapter two is not identical. So in chapter one, chapter one is the most important thing in the company is the people. So we're going to tell the employee in, it's pretty close to page one of the program. I don't know exactly what page it's on, but it's pretty close to page one. You're the most important thing in this company. There's nothing more important than you. If you leave, we have to replace you. You and like I think everybody, I think everybody listening would agree to that. So what are some of the things to make people the greatest employees on the planet? Yeah. So the first thing is they have to understand that they're the most important thing there. We as business owners, as the employer, need to understand that they're the most important thing there. So we need to get on the page, the first page, the first most important thing, we need to get on the same page right there. The second most important thing in any company is sales. We have to have money. Because if we have a lot of employees and we don't have any money, then we can't pay them. We can't do anything. What's the purpose of having this if we don't have any money? So having uh, employee, having people being taken care of is number one. We're going to take care of the people first. And then we need money second. So I need everybody that works here to focus on money. And that changes in the books. Because how those businesses get money isn't the same. It's different. You can't so take that, Yeah, that totally makes sense, right? Yeah. I agree that you have to have money or that's why we're in business to make money so we can make a difference. Yeah, and I need everybody, everybody here has to focus on it. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. An employee comes up to you and says, you're a business owner. Employee comes up to you and says, Nancy, I came up with a way for us to make $100,000 more. And you say to the employee, well, what is it? And the employee says to you, because you empowered me, because I'm your employee and you hired me to do a job and you empowered me to do it, I already did it. I already made us $100,000. You, Nancy, as the business owner, are going to be elated. You're going to want to know how did they do this? What did we do? Because I am just one person. I'm just a business owner. I'm sitting here in my office trying to come up with ways to make $100,000 all the time. And I just don't have all those answers. So I really appreciate the fact that you did this. You, if you understand that you're the most important thing in the company and you just found a way to make me more money or save me money, because that's important too. There's a lot of waste in business. If you found a way to do that, in two line items out of my six, you've become very close to unfireable. You understand your importance to the company and you're bringing or saving me money. This is somebody that I want to have around me. And that makes them the greatest employee on the planet? That's not even have- close. Not even close. And I'll give you an example of somebody that I know. Somebody that I know owns a business and he hires an employee. The guy's a sales guy. And he is the best sales guy they've ever had. He's an amazing sales guy. He's bringing in like $600,000 a month in sales. Nobody is producing sales like this guy is. And he's just one person. But here's, here's why it matters. So the business owner is sitting in his office one day. And the operations person comes in. 
and says, who's a woman, by the way, and says, uh, we had to fire him. He's like, no way. They're like, yes, unfortunately, we have to fire him. He's got to go. He's like, there's no way we're firing him. He's bringing in more money than some of these people are bringing in times 10. She's like, listen, I'm not negotiating this with you. He's fired. He's already fired. He's left the building. He's not coming back. And, she's, and he says, what on earth could he have possibly done that $600,000 a month was lost? Can't he work from home? She's like, no. He's like, okay, I know I know what he did. He's been accused of sexual harassment by one of our long-term employees. He's like, okay, he's fired. She's like, exactly. He's fired. So to be, to understand your value in the company and to bring in sales isn't enough. We need more because if we're just going to take those two things, can't we still have somebody who sexually harasses other people that we work with? Yes. Couldn't they be a thief? Yes. We haven't identified enough in the first two categories, so we need more. And that's a little ways down the road. Sure. The third most so, important thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you have a question? No, I was going to say what are the, we should probably figure out the six because I think I only recall two. So that makes sense. You were just about to say the third. Yep. So the third is this is the initial downfall of customer service complaints. And people don't look at it this way. What we try to do as businesses, and believe me, I was guilty of it for 17 years. What I try to do is I try to make the customer happy, right? And I broke this down and I said, well, what makes the customer happy? Or I try to solve why the customer is upset, right? And in order to make the customer happy, what we need to do is what we said we were going to do. That's why the customer becomes happy. Because the customer entered into an agreement with us based on a set of beliefs that we programmed into their head were going to happen. Now the customer's upset because that didn't happen. Had the customer known this wasn't going to happen, they wouldn't have done business with us in the first place. So in order to make the customer happy, and this isn't the holy grail of making a customer happy because there's other things, but this is the most important. We as a company and everybody that works here needs to do what we said we were going to do. And I call that following up. As an example, couple goes out to a restaurant, the wife orders French fries, the waitress says, do you need anything else? And the wife says, yes, ketchup, please. And the waitress or the server doesn't come back with the ketchup. Is that going to be a great meal? No, it's not. Had there been a sign hanging at the door when they walked in that said, there's no ketchup or we're not going to bring you ketchup, that couple may have said, you know what? I really want a burger and fries. I'm leaving. I'm not even going to go in and waste my time. It could have been the reason they didn't go there that day. But the ketchup doesn't come and now the customer's not happy. Those are the kind of things that we as a company, as everybody work here, need to focus on. We need to follow things up. I call it, and that, that is the second thing that changes in the book because that's different per industry as well. How you follow up on a new furnace install and how you follow up with somebody who may have bought flowers for a girlfriend is not the same. The guy, who's, the guy who bought the, the flowers does not expect the florist to call him. But the guy that bought the furnace does. 
So, so that pro part of the program changes. That so makes sense. Okay. Follow comes in the list at number three. The fourth most important thing in the company is inevitably the customer will get upset. We did what we said we were going to do and the customer's still not happy. Now at this point, myself or another manager, or, you know, operations person or somebody now gets brought into this transaction between the employee and the customer. Now there's management involved in this, right? It's like, I want to speak to a manager, right? What I need to know as the owner of the company or the manager, or the supervisor or whatever, I need to understand that I'm dealing with on my end, a good human being. So this goes back to the sexual harassment guy. That guy failed miserably in line item number four. He wasn't a good person. I need the employees of this company to be good people. We need to be good people because we're dealing with customers. We're dealing with other workers. We're dealing with myself. We don't want bad people around us. So if you're not working to become a better person or try to be a better person, we don't need you here. You're out. That's line item number four in the list of six. The fifth thing is we're all on the same team. You would not think so, but in my career, this was a huge issue because there would become perks with rising up the ladder in commercial construction. So let's say, for example, you could become the job foreman. In a lot of scenarios, that meant you didn't have to do physical labor. You were supervising other people. So they're trying to get each other fired, trying to get the position. Wow. So they're not coming at me. They, this is the presentation that's given to me. That person over there is the problem. That team, that whole entire team is the problem. They need to go away. If they go away, then myself or my team then can properly perform. As a matter of fact, we can do the job of that whole entire crew. Just get rid of the whole entire crew. Now, I would think, because again, I didn't go to college to become an employer. I just because good at my trade. I would think they're trying to help me. No, they're not trying to help me. What they're trying to do is position themselves better to get what they want. They're not being a team player. I only want team players around me. I do not want anybody who's not a team player anywhere near me. Because if we're going to internally fight with each other, that's taking energy away from the fight we should be having with the competition down the street. And that's where we compete. I do want to compete. I love to compete. But I want to compete with the people down the street. Internally, we're a team. Now, I can take those five things right there, and I have created an employee that I can't fire. Okay, that makes they, sense. They understand their value to the company. They're helping me bring in money or save money. They're helping me follow things up and do what the company said they were going to do. They're a person of good character, and they're a team player. I can't fire them. They don't even know how to, you know, how to do the job. I hire a roofer, and I tell the guy, go out to the job site, get on the 32-foot ladder, climb up the roof, and put a new roof on this place. And the guy comes back at the end of the day, and he's like, I didn't get any shingles done. And they're like, why not? And he's like, well, because I'm afraid of heights. Oh, well, then you're fired. 
Well, the only thing is I did find three jobs while I was out there. So if you can find somebody else to go put the shingles on, I'm pretty sure I can go find you more work. Are we firing this guy? Maybe no. it depends on, well, it depends on what you hired him for. I hired sure. him to put on shingles, but I still can't fire him. He's helping me with the money portion. It's the second most important thing in the company. Now, if he's afraid of shingles, if he's afraid of shingles and he's afraid of money and he doesn't understand his value as an employee and he's not a team player and he's not following things up, this is a fireable person. This is not somebody we want around us. Oh, I'm trying to do is I'm trying to show the employee that if, so like, so like as an example, and in the roofing one, this is an example in the roofing one. The guy is the fastest shingle layer in the world. He can put down more shingles than anybody on the planet. He's that good. And nobody likes him. Nobody can stand working with the guy. Is he the greatest roofer on the planet? No. He's not even worth having around. Every time you put him on a job site, you're going to lose other employees. It's easier to get rid of him. He's the problem. He's not the solution. I don't care. We, to be a great employee, you have to know, you have to be able to do more than just the job. You could fail miserably at doing the job, but if you did what the company presented they were going to do to the customer, which is number three on the list, the customer understands we're doing what we said we were going to do. That's why we hired you. Exactly. Now, in, in these five things, I've created an unfireable employee, but I'm going to ask for one more thing. I want one more. There is a sixth thing that I need out of this employee to guarantee 100% solidify that this is an unfireable employee. And it is this. I want to be able to see you are pushing to do more today than you did yesterday. Because if you're trying and you're doing the other five things, I can't fire you. Now, what does an employee who can't be fired get? Whatever they want. When an employee is producing and they are an unfireable employee, they're the kind of person that it would hurt your soul if they left. As an employer, you're like, I cannot even imagine my company without them. That's the kind of employee we're creating. When that employee comes up and says, hey, you know what? I need Saturday off. I got my kids and uh, I don't have a sitter. Are you going to give it to them? I suggest you do because if you don't, there's somebody else out there wanting them. But if they're bringing it, you will. So now we take the guesswork out of what motivates our employees because our employees, what we do as employers, again, we don't know what we're doing. That's most of the problem. We don't know what we're doing. So we take all of our employees and we clump them together and we say, it's this or it's that. Like, have you ever heard the millennials don't want to work? Have you ever heard the problem is it's latchkey kids or the problem is everybody got a trophy? These are not true statements. That is us trying to lump everybody into a category, which is not true. It isn't true. The challenge is they're not motivated by what you offer. There is a disconnect. Yes. John, these have been great tips. And I just looked down at the clock and saw we are going way past our allocated yeah. time. So the six things are wonderful. And I know people will put those to good use. Are you ready for the signature question everybody gets on this podcast? I am. 
if you had one more hour in your day, 25 hours every day, how would you spend that extra hour? Uh, it, it would have to be learning always, always. I just have, I have, I have a thirst for knowledge. So uh, I, I would throw it right at that without even hesitation. Fiction, nonfiction, classes, how would you do um, it? It's, uh, it's, it's always nonfiction. I, I have to be learning. Very so cool. I, yeah, business books, audio books. Uh, I, I really don't. I, YouTube, I watch YouTube a lot. I don't really watch TV. There's not much on it for me. So um, I think I spend like $150 a month on cable TV so my kids can watch it. I don't, I don't even watch it. So <laughs> That's now, awesome. Knowledge is very important for me. I know we just touched on the stuff, and you, you could probably go on for, for days on all this great information. If people would like to work more closely with you or look at some of these manuals that I mentioned early, where can they find those? Yeah, so uh, the, the, the website is thegreatestontheplanet.com, and then they can find me basically anywhere under the same name. So they can go to LinkedIn and search thegreatestontheplanet.com. They'll find me, or thegreatestontheplanet. They can go to Instagram, I'm the greatest on the planet. Um, they can go to Facebook, I'm the greatest on the planet. Um, and of course, the website is uh, thegreatestontheplanet.com. So I'm pretty much everywhere as the greatest on the planet. And again, it's not me that's the greatest on the planet, and it's not them that's the greatest on the planet. It's the employees. The employees are the greatest on the planet. I love that. That is awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking time and sharing the six things that would really make a difference because you're right. It's all about the employees in our companies, even if we're just a team of one. So thanks so much. I'm going to wrap up the show asking people who are listening to, if you love this episode, to please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so other people can find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.